Listener Production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Adam, we are getting flooded with questions at the moment. Hit Adam up, healthhackatthemanshake.com.au or on his Manshake socials or on the Manshake website because, Adam, you created this podcast to help all of us as much as you can, but we all are kind of flooded with information, so you help us kind of cut through the BS and get to the source so we can make our own best informed decisions. Now, last episode, we spoke about a lot of people getting the COVID jab. What are some good do's and don'ts to help your body kind of best utilize the antibodies that are going to happen in your body from the jab? So something that's come up though, Adam, from a lot of great questions, and we're going to cover two of them on this episode, is we're spending more time at home. If I need to be A, eating healthy to help my immune system for when I get the jab, and B, doing some exercise, if I've got to do all that at home, Mm. what's the most effective one? So we're going to cover those two questions. But firstly, how are you, mate? And which question are we doing first? Yeah, look, I'm great, Alex. And, um, you know, I'm getting so many responses at the moment. People are going out of their mind because they can't. Um, go to the gym. That's so good, not just for your physical state, but your mental state. And we know the importance of movement um, when it comes to, to mental health as well. So mm. it's something I'm, I'm really um, passionate about is, is, I suppose, leading people in the hacks um, that will still able them to sort of, you know, keep their weight in check, um, have a um, healthier mindset because of, you know, we know that food is information, but most importantly, teaching people how they can move without a gym. Because yeah. we're all looking for excuses. We all have confirmation bias, which yeah. essentially means that, you know, where oh, our focus goes, energy do it, goes. He's fine. I won't do it. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. You know, while the gyms are shut, that's a good enough reason not, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. not to work out. Get the and, Chardonnay out. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but, you know, I can tell you now, there's no um, excuses when it comes to getting fit because you don't need, a, don't need a gym. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of people at the moment, you know, reaching out to me saying, look, you know, how do I train at home? You know, what's the best way? I'm in lockdown. I'm stuck in this small room. And we've seen with the Australian Open Tennis, you know, some of these, you know, mm. best athletes in the world, how they're able to prepare themselves in a hotel room yep. and still go out and perform at the yeah. highest level. So, you know, if we're talking about um, staying fit, for want of a better word, so your cardiovascular fitness, that's easy. You know, we're allowed outside to, to walk. Um, we spoke in previous episodes that the best way um, to really um, get a dose response to exercise, the biggest bang for your buck is high-intensity interval training. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what that is, go out and um, listen to our previous podcasts on some of the benefits um, from that. Um, but, yeah, we know that you don't need any equipment for that, Alex. Mm. You know, it's about going as hard as you can for a short period of time, having a short rest, and then and then going again. So something as simple as like running on the spot, you don't need a gym for that. No. You know, if you've got bad knees, well, you know, you, you can just, you know, walk with high knees on the spot. Yep. Skipping, you know, what a great thing. Yeah. I don't even use a skipping rope. I use yeah, the imaginary jump, one. Yeah, you just jump you up. Know? I've done that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that during the yeah. first lockdown. I was yeah. like, I guess I'll just jump up and down because I didn't want to annoy my neighbours below. Yeah. <laughs> um, a trampoline, a mini trampoline. I know that, you know, fitness equipment is at the moment, you know, at a premium and, yeah. you know, people are charging whatever they want um, because of the demand for it. But, you know, if you can go to Rebel and find, you know, or one of the sports stores, a mini trampoline, you know, we've spoken on previous episodes, the benefits that, particularly our immune system now, we know that the lymphatic system, you know, which is is really in charge of detoxifying the body, mm-hmm. um, you know, really gets a massive benefit from the gravitational forces of jumping up and down. We know um, that I've spoken about it before that NASA actually uses it as one of their biggest tools to get their astronauts space fit. Yeah, um, right. You know, so there's so many things that you can do on a trampoline, sprint, jump, bounce, uh-huh. um, balancing exercises. You know, I can't recommend it enough, but um, anything that really elevates your heart rate to a high level for a short period of time and really creates that, you know, that, that stress response um, is going to really benefit your, your, your fitness in general. So there's no excuses. Um, and in actual fact, you know, we've proven time and time again that people that actually don't even go to the gym, but just move more throughout the day are actually fitter 
yeah. than those that, you know, go to the gym for an hour, which, you know, when you think about it mm. from a time perspective, one hour in the gym is only 4% of your whole day. Yeah. But what are you doing in the, the rest of the 96% of your day? And, you know, research has shown time and time again this fact as well that our bodies are smart. You know, they overcompensate, they supercompensate. So if you go to the gym and, you know, go really hard in the gym, you, well, when you get home, you end up probably spending more time on the couch than somebody that didn't go to the gym. Yeah. So they're up and moving and, you know. <laughs> Such a good point. It, it's re- Or they overeat, you know, calories because they get, oh, you know, I justified the fact that I went to the gym. Yeah. Now I get to have that, you know, meat pie. Yeah. Or I get to have that piece of pizza or that, yeah. you know, that hamburger. So, so be mindful of the fact that, um, you know, having a gym isn't the best, you know, I suppose, focus on on getting healthy and fit, you know, just moving in general. Mm. And, um, yeah, there's some, you know, really famous um, health and fitness advocates out there that are recommending these things called 10-minute walks. And I, I sort of giggled to myself now because I wrote my book 10 years ago, Nelly, called The 10-Minute Man. Yeah, right. And it was basically, you know, one of the, the things I was a big believer in it was this snack exercising. Yeah. Now, snack exercising is basically where you take snack-sized bites of exercise throughout your whole day. Yeah. So every hour, set your alarm and get up for one to two minutes at a time on the hour and do an activity. Yeah. So it might be running on the spot, it could be star jumps, it could be push-ups, it could be sit-ups, whatever it is, but we're just trying to get the body moving. And then when you add it up over the course of the whole day, that's a lot more sets yeah. and reps of exercises than you would have done through going yeah. to the gym for the hour. Yeah. So um, and then look, you know how life gets in the way at the mm-hmm. moment, and you know where you're outside, you're like you're free, or then you're not, you're locked down again. When you had those plans to go, I'm going to go to the gym every Wednesday and Friday. It goes, it go, it can all fall apart very quickly, or your kids sick, or work, you got to stay back late. But this thing you can control a bit more because you said this thing to me ages ago and always stuck with me was it's better of doing a small amount of something often than trying to save up your time and doing a big thing not that often and sometimes you can't do it at all. So if you're going to have time to do like, I don't know, 20 sit-ups and yep. a few push-ups before the kids get home and then you've got to do that routine, just do that. It's better than doing nothing at all. Well, the economist always comes out of me, you know, my background as an economist and uh, as a health economist, you know, we, we find that most things have a, a U-shaped bell curve effect where, you know, you know, it's a Goldilocks sort of zone. You know, what's the perfect amount? What's too little? What's too much? And, you know, it's called the 80-20 rule, Pareto efficiency. Dr. Ricardo Pareto is the guy that founded this, um, I suppose, this philosophy mm. that, you know, in life you get, you know, 80% of your benefits from 20% of the inputs that you focus on. So it's why you're always told to diversify your investment por- portfolio because they just don't know which shares are going to give you the return. Yeah. And, you know, like I always laugh at my wife, you know, she's got this extensive collection of handbags and shoes and whatnot, yet 80% of the time she wears... 20% of the bloody shoes yeah. that she spent a fortune on. So, you know, we're creatures of habit and we find that we get the most return from that initial investment, particularly yeah. with exercise. So mm. that's why these 10-minute walks are so popular at the moment with a lot of these, you know, insta-famous health people. They're saying that after you have a big meal, go for a 10-minute walk. Yeah. Now, it's something that's been stolen from the blue zones, yeah. which has been shown well, we that after... We this like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great tip though. Get up yeah, and get true. moving. So yeah, what essentially happening, is happening is, you know, once you've eaten something, you know, your body has a blood sugar response, which determines, you know, how your body reacts to the food and if them nutrients are petitioned into the muscle or if they're petitioned, you know, into storage. Yep. And walking, the activity of movement, signals to the body that, hey, mm. you know, I've got to use this fuel. So it's a great little hack for people that are at home at the moment. At the moment. Um, after they have their big meal, go and move for yep. just 10 minutes. Yep. And, you know, um, we've spoken about the power of habit and how important habits are, how they shape your in, your environment and shape your success in life. You know, show me a person's habits and I'll show you their, their, their success of their life. So, <laughs> you know, a great habit to get into is, um, is moving as much as you can. Um, and, you know, if you eat something and then get in the habit of actually moving afterwards, it's mm. much better than undoing the belt buckle and laying back on the lounge. So, mm. so, you know, for me, 
it's easy to get fit at home without any gym equipment. So we've just touched upon that. Um, mobility, as we get older, is a really important thing. It was something that I never did as a younger athlete. I never stretched. I never paid any attention to it. But uh, now well into my 40s, yeah. um, I'm really feeling the rust starting to settle in. And uh, the mobility is becoming more important. So mobility and stretching are two slightly different things. But the reality is, is, you know, just movement in general. You know, being able to bend over and put my shoes on or touch my toes yeah. or, you know, Pick up my daughter. Yeah, having the mobility to do that's really, really important. There's so many great apps. So you don't out go yeah. <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the man grunts. Yeah, man grunts. So if you like yoga, get into yoga. Do do some yoga poses yeah. and stuff like. That. Once again, YouTube. How good is it? Yeah. All these free workouts that you yeah. can do now. Different yoga people. You know, if you're a young guy, there's plenty of good-looking women out there doing yoga. If you're, you know, a young woman, there's plenty of good-looking blokes doing yoga. So yep. there's something for everybody out there now. Exactly. But, um, they look very happy and healthy. Look and very happy. Yeah. Kelly Star. It's another guy that's got an app, you know, that, um, you know, Supple as a, as a Leopard was his book and, um, you know, a great book on stretching and mobility and doing self-massage and self-therapy at home, which is another great hack mm. that you can do. Go and get yourself a cricket ball or go and get yourself a rolling pin and you can massage your own muscles when you're tight and you're stiff. Yep. So there's plenty of things that you can do at home to work on your mobility and flexibility. I don't know of too many blokes, particularly over the age of about 25, who don't need to do more stretching or more flexibility work. Yeah, yeah that's just me. So I bought that foam roller when we first met years ago. You said get a foam roller and I still use it today. Because yeah. it, it, these things are well built. This thing's yeah. going to last me 30 years, I reckon. Yeah. It's solid. And like once again, getting in the habit of using it first thing in the morning or in the afternoon or at a mm. certain routine for 10 minutes, you add that 10 minutes up over the course of a week, that's 70 minutes of soft tissue work you've done on yourself. Mm. That adds up over a year. That's a huge amount of work. meetings are on the phone now. You can just put your AirPods in and just do you know what I mean? Just roll time. around, yeah, you know, just gonna, get no. on the ground, get up and, <laughs> you know, creating the environment at home like while we're in lockdown of two, of, of, of making your environment challenging because mm. you basically morph into your environment. So rather than just, you know, working from a desk at home, go sit down cross-legged, get up and down off the ground, go get a bean bag, yep. you know, put some cushions on the ground, put a foam roll on the ground, put a lacrosse ball on the ground or a cricket ball. So when you're on the ground, you start to do these activities. Yep. So, you know, your behaviours are then shaped by your environment, which yeah. is really, really important. So mobility is another big one and flexibility is something and, and just, you know, I suppose feeling good about our bodies is something we can work on at home. So there's no excuse there. Fitness, physical fitness, cardiovascular fitness, another big tick. Now, the big one that people use the excuse for is building muscle. So mm -hmm. a lot of gym junkies are going to argue that you need the iron to build muscle. But, um, you know, I argue that's not the, the case. I, I've done the self-experiment on myself um, where I didn't go to the gym and use a physical gym. All I used was my own body. Mm. Um, I always say that your body is the best gym. Um, it's available 24 hours a day and it's yeah. free. Yeah, yeah. So um, – It was the first 24-hour gym. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a guy that um, – I, I tested his program for, for a good period of time. It was only nine months and um, I preserved all my muscle and um, – you know, recent research has come out now, which is really mind-blowing, and um, we spoke about it briefly as well, and we're going to expand on another podcast. But um, uh, a guy's found now that um, to build muscle requires a lot of volume. You know, you really need to stress the body so it adapts, so it becomes stronger, and that's all exercises is stress. And the body goes, hey, mate, what are you doing to me? I need to obviously build myself up so when mm. you do this to me again, I'm bigger and stronger and ready for it. And can you be clear on what volume means? For volume is the amount of sets and reps that you do in a given workout. Okay, so, great. you know, there's a sweet spot that, you know, some people are argue that per body part, you're roughly trying to get 10 sets a week 
of, of training volume in to okay. elicitate a muscle response. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Dr. Brad uh, Schofield is um, his name. Sorry if I haven't pronounced it, mate, well. But um, he's a guy I followed for years and looked at his research and a very, very smart man when it comes to hypertrophy, muscle growth. Um, he, he's the go-to authority as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, he, he talks about, you know, a lot of the research that he's done. And he's, he's doing paid research on how to build muscle, mm. which is quite fascinating that somebody out there being paid yeah. in a university to see how do you get as buffed as you possibly can. Yeah, good. So he, he sort of used these sort of rough parameters of, of 10 sets in the given week is the sweet spot that you're looking for. But the most mind-blowing thing that he's done recently, which has really got me excited, is the fact that you only need to do roughly about 10% of the volume um, that you needed to grow muscle just to maintain it. Mm. So that is bloody awesome news. Everybody out there that's locked down at home at the moment, there's no excuses. You only have to do basically one-ninth or one-tenth, roughly 10%, let's call it for argument's sake, mm. of the volume you did to get them biceps in the first place. Yep. So if he's saying 10 sets in a week, that basically means one set a week. Yep. Now, the caveat to any sort of um, ability to grow muscle is we want to take that set, though, to failure or as close to muscle failure as we can. Brad recommends, you know, going within, you know, two to three reps shy of total muscular failure. So, for example, if you're doing push-ups, and you normally get to that 20th rep and you just collapse, mm. you can take it to about 17 reps and you're not going to, you know, really get any diminishing returns And if you went to the whole 20. Yeah, okay. So it's really cool research and, once again, just emphasises why you can get fit at home. So another guy whose program I followed for a while was a guy called Dr. Doug McGuff and um, he's written a book if you want to download it while you're in, in lockdown. It's called Body by Science and um, it, it's basically a training system that advocates high-intensity, low-volume training. And... Um, it prescribes just 12 minutes of um, resistance exercise per week, Alex. Yeah, right. 12 minutes. And, um, you know, he, he's monitored over 150,000 training hours. Jeez. Yeah, so this bloke's no mug. And, um, you know, he's concluded that gaining muscle really just boils down to, you know, the precise balance between creating a catabolic state, which is, you know, the breaking down of muscles, and the anabolic state, which is the rebuilding. So he argues that, you know, you don't need a huge amount of stimulus. That's that Goldilocks effect once again. Not too hot, not too cold, just right. Yep. And that's why a lot of people are going into the gym and they're spending all this time in there. Mm. But the reality is what's the minimal effective dose? We speak about it all the time. Yep. You know, that you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. You know, if you do so many sets after that point, you're just wasting your time. Mm. So um, as far as... Dr. McGuff's concern, you know, he's got five big exercises um, that he performs one after the other um, and he he basically doesn't have any rest in between these. Um, it, it's, it's quite a tough little workout, um, but essentially it, it, it's made up of two pushing movements, two pulling movements and, and a squat movement as such. But the reality is if, you know, you're challenging the body with five basic movements, which would be a squat, a push-up, you know, a dip, um, a chin-up, um, and it could be a lunge or something like that, you're really going to elicitate an, enough of a response, but remembering you've got to take it to failure. So um, he doesn't actually train reps either, which I found really interesting as well. Because everyone's failure point's different, right? Everyone's failure point's different. So what he prefers to focus on is um, he, he tries to focus on what we call time under tension. Um, and he argues that your set has to go for at least 40 seconds to two and a half minutes to get the full effect of this exercise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what once again, Dr. Brad Schofield has, um, you know, shown that... Um, you know, the ideal rep range for, for growing muscle and, um, you know, getting the biggest bang for your buck from training. You know, it was once believed that, you know, you had to do like real load of rep training, you know, 8 to 12 reps to grow the most muscle. Mm. But he's shown that you can do up to, you know, 30 reps at a time using, you know, not heavy loads up yeah. to just 30% of your one rep max. So, for yep. example, if you can bench press 100 kilos, 
He's proven that you can just use 30 kilos. And do a lot more reps. And do more reps. Because that means more time. Bed. Yeah, more time yeah. under tension. So it's about volume. So I watched a full documentary. This guy did this test where he did light weights for ages and did like, you know, 45 reps or he did heavy weights and did like five reps and there wasn't much of a difference. The only yeah. part was he was like less knackered. Now, 45 reps is going to take you, yes, a lot more time. But if you're at home and you don't have access to weights, you just can go, well, I'm just going to do more push-ups, take my time, keep going and try and keep the tension on longer. 100%. And, you know, there's so many things that you, you can do around the, the home as well. You know, you can create your own gym. My daughter's a good deadlift. I have so squats Just with squat, her, man. You know, stuff like <laughs> getting some resistance bands. You know, I love resistance yeah, bands. You know, we know Tom Brady, one of the greatest, you know, athletes in, in the modern era. And he's era. a buff guy. He's very lean, very flexible. But he flexible. uses bands. Bands are his go-to. You yeah. Know, that's, you know, it's a form of training called accommodating resistance, which essentially is a, is a training system where they argue that the bands, what they basically allow you to do is train through ranges of motion where you're stronger um, and applies that force at the optimal, I, I suppose, range. So, mm. for example, you, you think about a bodyweight squat. Um, you know, the bottom part's much harder. So the band, if you've got a band on you, there's not much tension from the band. But then when you get up towards the top part of the squat where you are stronger, the band then starts to switch on. Mm, gotcha. You get what I mean? Yeah. So that's what accommodating resistance does. Same as a push-up. Put a band around you for a push-up. Yeah. When you're at the bottom, it's really hard. Yeah. But then as you get to the top, yeah. your bigger muscles are switched on yeah. and it's easier. So that's where the band creates that overload. Yeah. So this accommodated resistance training is becoming yeah, very popular. Westside Barbell Club, if, if you're not familiar with them, is a, a guy called Louis Simmons who's an absolute freak and, you know, Somebody that you know, I've been afforded the time to look at his systems and whatnot, and um, you know he, he's popularised you know bands and chains and stuff like that. So he has plenty of ways to skin a cat when it comes to getting strong. So and they're cheap equipment. Cheap, it's equipment. cheap equipment. It's not talking about buying a whole set of dumbbells. Those things are like I don't know ten bucks or something. Well, I'm not sure. I mean they they range. Yeah, but they're not thousands of dollars. Is what I'm getting at. But you only need one kettlebell, one dumbbell, and there's plenty of stuff that you can do. Talking about one train on one leg. Mm. You know, I don't know too many people that can do a one legged squat, a pop a pistol squat, no. all the way down to the ground and whatnot. You no, know, put my kneecap and shoot across the room. So, I mean, there's so <laughs> many great you know exercises that you can do, challenging you know the way that you offset your body if it's on one limb, off balance. Mm. You know, leveraging you know body position. It's really interesting. Got a great hack for you. This girl at work told me who's like super fit and I'm always asking her for tips as well. You know, you get it where you can. Yeah. And she goes, well, whenever I hop up from my desk, I always hop up with one leg. Yep. Just for that little moment, I'm just using it a bit harder work than if I would hop up from my chair with two legs. I was like, this is great. The other thing she does is she, um, when she watches telly in the ab break, she'll get down and do some like sit-ups or do something like that. So she's kind of combining some relaxed time with a little bit of constant movement all the time. I was like, this is a good hack. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I hopefully we've debunked the fact that you need a gym, you know, to get buff, fit and flexible. <laughs> so you don't need it, you know. So there's so many ways you can challenge your body and, you know, the body adapts and that's a great thing. If you are somebody that has been going to the gym doing the same thing all the time, this is a great opportunity to really provide a different stress. You know, we know that foreign stress is impactful stress on the body because the body adapts to its environment after a while. So changing things up is really important. So this is a great opportunity for you to go out there and and, you know, change things up. Get onto YouTube, follow somebody that's different and, and, you know, take some workouts at home and don't stress whatever you do. You're not going to lose all that muscle mass. It's just not going to happen. So don't freak out. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Adam, we're going to address question number two on the podcast, which is about, well, I'm at home a lot and I'm trying to minimise, you know, my contact with people or maybe working from home now. So it's important that your immune system is the best it can be, especially if you're about to get the COVID jab, which we spoke about in the last episode. So 
if we do have to buy things that are going to last a while in the pantry because we probably don't want to go to the supermarket as much, we got a great question was, what, what do I buy? Like, is baked beans a bad idea or is that a good idea? What should I buy for while I'm at home for long periods of time? It's a good, very, very good question. That's a great question. And, and particularly, you know, I've gone into the supermarket recently and apart from toilet paper not being on the yeah. <laughs> on the shelf once again, which I, I can't work that out. Yeah. Uh, How many times are you going to the bathroom? <laughs> like, really? Uh, honestly, if you're going through that much, you've got way bigger problems <laughs> than, you know, other things going on in your life. And pasta. How much pasta is everyone oh. cooking? Just relax. And I wouldn't be recommending pasta while no we're in way. lockdown. So, you're not burning off that many. Anyway. Well, look, I, I've spoken about it before that, um, you know, macronutrients, we've got protein, we've got fat, and we've got carbohydrates. Um, the only non-essential macronutrient in the human diet is carbohydrates. Mm. We can, you know, basically petition energy from fat and through um, protein. Um, gluconeogenesis is the process of turning the protein into energy. So, you know, um, we produce ketones from fat. So mm. carbohydrates do one thing and that is provide short-term fuel sources for the human body. Yeah. So we don't actually need carbohydrates. Mm. Um, you know, carbohydrates aren't going to help, you know, as such fundamentally build human cells, muscle tissue, and some of the, the things that are, are basically <laughs> paramount to our existence. Mm. So don't be going out and loading up on carbohydrates when you're not being active yeah. is, is rule number one. So, um, you know, I've got a uh, slogan we use in our business called Protein First. Mm -hmm. And um, it really fits anybody, um, whether it comes to their goal is to lose weight, um, to age better. We know that 70% of people after the age of 70 die from fertility through falls. Mm. So they're too fragile. And the reason is because of um, uh, sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle mass. As we age, we naturally over the years lose muscle mass. Um, so we know that protein is imperative for that. Some of the recommendations now around protein intake are absolutely mind-blowing. So, you know, there's the recommended daily allowance of protein intake, which is just the recommended bare minimum that you should be having so your bloody teeth don't fall out. <laughs> yeah, okay. And your bones don't just break if you sneeze. Right. So, you know... Um, as in mind-blowing, as in it's it's much bigger than we thought it would be or less? Oh, much, much more. Right. So I'll, I'll share with you like some of these some of these, um, these recommendations now. Grandma needs more protein than you. That's the reality. So <laughs> as we get older and, you know, oh, it's, right. it's so interesting that um, there's a phenomenon known as anabolic resistance. So it's basically a decline in the anabolic response to a particular anabolic resistance. So we know that um, uh, protein, for example, um, produces this anabolic stimulus. So as we age, you respond less and less to protein and resistance training as well. So this means that basically a 13, you know, gram serve of protein, which may have been sufficient um, to stimulate muscle protein synthesis when you were younger, um, is not going to be enough in older adults. They've proven that now. Um, and there's been a, an amazing study that found this, that, um, you know, they found that, you know, young adults uh, maximise muscle protein stimulus with about 0.25 grams of protein per kilo of lean body mass. Um, after one meal, whereas older adults require up to 0.61 grams of protein per kilo of lean body mass. So that's nearly three times as much you require as you get older. Mm. So the recommended, um, you know, findings from this study um, were essentially that, you know, if you're 30 years of age or less, um, your intake of protein should be about 1.8 grams to 2 grams of protein per kilo of lean body mass. So, for example, if you weigh 100 kilos, you should be getting about 
180 grams of protein. Now, I'll put that in perspective for you. So roughly 100 grams of most meats, for example, have about 20 grams of protein. Oh, okay, right. All right, 20 grams per big, 100 grams. Big steak. All right. <laughs> so how do you get 180 grams of protein? So... Big so stack. It's a bloody lot of meat. You can't so, eat that much meat. Well, mate, this is what the research is showing to optimise health. There's a difference between optimization and the, the RDA. This is the mind-blowing thing that I'm really starting to get excited about is the fact that, like we were talking about before, there's a big difference between being in your peak physical state mm. and just walking around so your teeth and hair, my hair's falling out, but stuff doesn't just, you know, basically go to crap because you're only having the minimum. We jump to somebody that's like, over 30, they're recommending 2.3 grams per mm, kilo. Mm. That's 230 grams of protein a day. Then you go 40 to 50, 2.6 mm. grams of protein per kilo. And then finally, 60 plus up to 3.2 grams per kilo. So if you're at, you know, 100 kilos, let's say for argument's sake, and you're over 60, you've got to eat 320 grams worth of bloody protein. Yeah, that goes to superannuation. Yeah. No, spending it on meat. So how do you get, if, if, if a steak's only got like 20 grams or whatever, how are we bulking out our meal to have enough protein? Well, you know, it's really hard. And, that, and that's where, you know, supplementation is going, mm. you know, fully disclosed that I own a, a company that manufactures a weight loss shake that, you know, has, is, is a protein supplement based product. Um, but it's, it's really bloody hard, isn't mm. it? So, you know, how do you do it? Don't fill up on the other crap first. My yeah. dad used to say to me, whenever we'd go out to, to Sizzler as a kid and they'd bring Don't out the cheese, the cheese my dad would say, hey, hey, save yourself for the good stuff, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Save yourself for the prawns. Save yeah. yourself for the expensive stuff. Yeah. I'll feed you bread at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> so, yeah. They're smart. They throw yeah. that bread in front of you so they fill you do. up. That's mm. what they do. So, you know, the reality is, is don't fill yourself up on crappy foods, processed crappy foods, mm. because we know that they don't have protein in them. Mm -hmm. So going protein first, you want to lose weight. You know, I say to people all the time, let's say, for example, you know, most people, even if they shot for much less amounts than this, but if I'm saying that most people get 150 grams of protein a day, good luck. Mm. You know, good luck. You know, you tell me that you're going to be hungry if you go protein first. You'll never be hungry. Yeah. You know, so we've really gotten to get the habit of just respecting the importance of protein. And these new research studies are absolutely mind-blowing. And, you know, any dietitian that tells you, you know, that you're eating too much protein, you know, based on the recommended daily allowance, but they really need to go back and re-educate themselves. And I put my hand up, you know, all of our degrees become outdated after a while. Yep. Science moves past us, yep. you know, and that's the problem. You've really, you know, got to find people that are on the cutting edge of research, yep. people that are willing to admit that things change, yep. you know. So, you know, I've got a, a couple of tips that, you know, I always say look at your doctor or the person you're getting health advice off and ask them or ask yourself, more importantly, what do they look like? Mm. Are they practicing what they preach? Mm. You know, so, um, you know, a, a lot of people out there that are recommending, you know, certain diets and different things, are they living by their word? But um, these protein recommendations are absolutely mind-blowing. So a protein-first approach when you're locked down is very, very important. Now, I went into the meat section the other day and there was plenty of meat and vegetables still left, amazingly, mm. but tins, tins of baked beans and tins of yeah. pasta, all gone. Yeah. And like I said here, these are, you know, high-calorie foods. We know that at the end of the day, Yes, hormones play a role in weight loss and in our mood and stuff like that. Food is information. So I'm not going to dismiss, you know, that there is, um, you know, an effect from the type of foods we eat when it comes to weight loss and keeping our waist down because most people are worried about putting weight on in lockdown. Let's focus mm. on that if mm. we're talking about something about diet. Now, the reality is, is it's calories in versus calories out. It's basic uh, thermodynamics. You can't argue with the fact that if you put in more calories, 
then you're burning, you're going to put weight on. Mm -hmm. Even if you're on a keto diet or you're on some other diet that doesn't elicitate, you know, an insulin response or whatever you might say, it all comes back to calories in versus calories out. And the problem with a lot of these processed foods is they're hyperpalatable, which means that they're very inducive. They, they make you become hungry. Yeah. And once you take one bite, you can't stop. And also, they don't want to fill you up. They want you to eat more of they them. They want you to eat more of them. You know, yeah. that, that's why. Like you can eat a whole block of chockey, easy, or, or chips or something like that, but you can't eat seven steaks. Yeah. It's and too much. It's too much. So, you know, you try and go for these foods that, you know, are, are volumizing foods. So foods that fill you up. So foods that are high in fiber, high in water content, um, you know, and, and foods that are high in protein because, you know, there's a theory out there that um, we've explained before, the protein leveraging hypothesis, which essentially means that the body will continue to crave um, nutritional intake until it meets its protein requirement. So if your body's not getting what it needs, it's smart. It craves. It's a signal from the body to say, mate, you need to eat more mm. to give me the nutrients my body needs mm -hmm. to, to function at its optimal state. Okay, so you hit the supermarket, Adam, um, and we're not talking about going and raiding the whole place. Yeah. You've got to have some common sense, people. Don't buy all the toilet paper and buy the whole <laughs> butcher out. But you're going to hit the butcher. You're going to get yourself yep. a whole lot of good meats and we'll hopefully have a freezer so yep. you don't worry if it doesn't go off because you yep. throw it in the freezer. Um, you're going to get yourself some things that are high in fibre. What are some of those things going to be that you're going to buy, you reckon? Yeah, so I, I love I love frozen, you know, and we've spoken about it before, but, you know, particularly vegetables, you know, mm. I, I'm not bagging supermarkets and, you know, I don't want to do that because I sell products in supermarkets. But, you know, if we, if we go back to the, the study that was done where they found that some of the, the fresh fruit and vegetables, you know, are taken nine months to land on the shelves of supermarkets at different times through seasonality, mm. yep. um, you're much better off going frozen. snap frozen foods. Yep. They retain more vitamins and minerals. We know they have more health benefits, snap frozen vegetables and, and fruits because, you know, fruits and vegetables basically are optimised at the peak of harvest. So they're snap frozen at that time. Same as fish, same as most meats, you know. That's yep. why fresh foods are more expensive. When you consider lamb that comes from New Zealand, it's been flash frozen mm. to get here. Then they defrost it. Yeah. And that's why they've only got a little period of time to sell that. Yeah. So right. really, you know, buckle down and, and get yourself some, you know, frozen, um, you know, vegetables. Um, there's some great swaps for hacks. If you really like rice, go Go the cauliflower rice. Yep, good one. You know, there's um, you know, there's spinach, there's broccoli, there's all these um, coriferous vegetables, that, for want of a better word, that's what they call them, um, which have been also shown to build muscle as well. Mm. So, you know, great research article which I'll share that's just come out that I'm waiting to see the findings of that, you know, eating vegetables and, and whatnot actually has an anabolic response as well. So, so I would be focusing on bunkering down, getting them vegetables, um, you know, fruits in moderation, you know, I always say that we should eat seasonally um, and most fruits aren't in season in winter. So mm. at this time of the year, you know, focus on eating fruits like berries and apples. Um, kiwi fruits are, are great for, for you, particularly if you struggle to sleep. Research has shown that mm. having half a kiwi fruit um, an hour before bedtime actually helps with um, your ability to fall asleep faster and get better quality sleep. Interesting. Yeah, great, great research around that. Um, you know, watermelon, while a bit higher in sugar, is high in in um, water content, so it, it doesn't have a lot of calories, you know, per gram comparable to some of these other high, you know, sugar fruits like mangoes and and bananas. But once again, green bananas are great. They contain resistant starch, which is really important at the moment when we're in lockdown because this resistant starch is really important for our gut health. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they're my go-tos when it comes to fruit and vegetable. Um, by all means, if fresh is there, grab it. But we're looking just in case if COVID happens, you get locked down and you can't get out, yeah. have that backup stash of frozen vegetables. Um, you know, you touched upon the meats. They freeze really well. Other protein sources, which I love, are the um, tinned um, fish. 
Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Great value. Tuna, salmon. Tuna, yeah. salmon. And it's wild caught. That's the best thing. Mm. You know, when you're buying, unfortunately, you know, salmon in the supermarket or different fish shops and whatnot, it's usually farmed. Mm. And um, it takes on a different nutritional profile to um, what wild caught salmon does. And it's not as high in fat, but it's got more of the good fats in it. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, once again, flash frozen its peak. Um, so it's as fresh as it can possibly be. And, you know, there's so many great little hacks you can do. You know, I grew up as an athlete um, going to university, not having a lot of money on tuna and rice. Yeah. That's how we performed. You yeah. know, it's fueled bodybuilding champions. It's fueled, you know, yeah. Yeah. NRL stars, yeah, you know, yeah. you name it. Yeah. Any uh, any sort of budding wannabe athlete who's struggling for money forged their way on, you know, cooked rice yeah. and Tuna. Yeah. Um, and my hack was I used to get a couple of cheese slices, a bit of sweet chilli sauce, Ooh. throw it in the microwave and then mix it all together yeah, and good. bang. It was so Love good. It. it tasted so good. And then I had my little side, you know, of my frozen pack of uh, vegetables yeah. and I'd, I'd add that in as well. And, you know, it was a great little hack that I did. So go for your go for your tin fishes. They're so good for you, you know. And we use the the uh, Ackerman um, Smash. They're mm-hmm. the fishes you want to focus on, which are um, salmon, Mackerel mm-hmm. is a great fish, really cheap as well. Yeah. Um, anchovies, yeah. can't really get enough anchovies to really get a much bang for your buck compared to the other fishes that I just mentioned. But if you if you like anchovies, they're really good for you. Sardines, a lot yeah. of people don't like the smell of sardines, but I have grown to love sardines. And herring yeah, uh, are like the herring. Uh, other fish that, that make up the recommended um, you know thing. But there's plenty of great bits of frozen fish that you can get. I was in Audi the other day and I bought some, you know, trout, you know, some great fish that you you can get that's already frozen. So, um, you know, one, once again, don't dismiss the, the benefits of that. Um, go to the, the dairy section and, you know, there's plenty of, um, you know, good yogurts out there at the moment that are high in protein. So, so once again, you know, low in sugar. We're always looking for roughly about five grams or less per serve if you can when it comes to, comes to the yogurts. Um, and there's plenty of yogurts out there now with nearly 20 grams of protein. Yeah. So, you know, it's a great hack and, you know, add some nuts to that. Once again, that's going to boost the protein even more. Um, you know, one of my favourite little recipes that I do is I get my Greek yogurt. Um, I add a scoop of the man-shade chocolate to it. I put in um, a bit of coconut um, and some frozen berries and put it in the fridge for a little bit and some chia seeds is the yeah. little secret ingredient that yeah, I put yeah, in there. A couple good. of tablespoons of chia seeds. And what the chia seeds do is they volumize, they, they expand. Yeah, they soak it all up. Soak it all up. And then when I eat it, there's a lot more volume of food there yeah. with no more calories. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm getting that protein um, um, filling effect. Um, we know that protein um, elicitates a certain hormone response mm. in the gut. Mm. Um, different peptides are released um, in the gut that actually help keep you full from ingesting protein. So, so once again, that's my little hack there. But um, and one, once again, great um, thing in the, the dairy section too is kefir. Um, yeah. And I actually make shakes with kefir, and um, it's absolutely you know amazing. So you know, it's about sort of trying these little different hacks, Alex. There's plenty of stuff you can do. Protein bars, have them on standby at home. But the big thing is making sure that, you know, you've got them proteins ready to go um, in a case of uh, emergency. So when you're hungry, reach for protein first. So what a great thing to remember. Just have that quote in your head all the time. If you're hungry, go for protein first. Now, before we do our mind pump um, quote to end out the episode, remember, if you have a question for Adam, you can email him, healthhacker at themanshake.com.au is the direct email address for this podcast. And of course, you can always hit Adam up on his Manshake socials or on the Manshake website. And Adam, we love to end on a quote that you have found. We've talked about how to pump our bodies, but how can we pump out our mind? And this one you found is a quote from Voltaire. What is it? Yeah, Voltaire, hey, that's a cracker. So the most powerful thing that we've got um, 
is a pen and a bit of paper and I applaud everybody out there today that's listening to this podcast is to use a journal to write down things that you're grateful for and inspirational quotes. And, you know, it's been proven that the brain wires itself slightly different, Alex, when you actually write. Yeah. Yeah, it retains information more effectively than it does if you type. So so go and buy yourself an exercise book, 20 cents, you know, at uh, Officeworks or, or the supermarket. Get yourself a pen and start daily writing down an inspirational quote. And Voltaire um, had a, a really funky hairdo, this bloke. He was a smooth cat. But um, I love the way that he rolled. And he uses the uh, quote, the most important decision you make is to be in a good mood. Hmm. How simple. Good one. And, um, you know, I applaud people out there to realise that um, your happiness, which is what we all really measure our success in life from, I would argue. Yeah. Would you argue the happiness, same? Happiness, yeah. Happiness is what we're all looking for. Mm. Uh, why are we trying to lose weight? You know, why are we trying to drive a fancy car? Why do we want a bigger house? It's to be happy. Yeah. Um, and the reality is happiness comes down to a choice. Yeah. Every single day you get out of bed, not the car, not the job, not the house. Not the house. It's, and we've spoken about this before, the when and then f- phenomenon. When this happens, then I'm going to be happy. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You're not. My mate's a monk. Mm. And it, it's a great story. And um, I, I've read a book and it's called the, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And yeah. I applaud anybody out there today. Go listen to this book and, or, or, or read this book. Um, and a good mate of mine was very successful. Uh, he was in the financial markets. Uh, big party. Uh, you know, liked to go out and have a good time. Uh, was making literally millions of dollars a year. And he was unhappy. And um, he said to me, mate, I'm bloody miserable. I've got all the money in the world. And he goes, um, the more money I make, the more unhappy I become because I realise that materialistic things aren't making me actually happy. Mm. And, you know, a great quote from another person is, you know, I wish my enemies all the success in the world to realise how just unhappy they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was really interesting with my mate. <laughs> That's and a great it, one. Yeah, and I, I, I love it. And um, my mate said to me, he goes, um, I'm going to go on a, on a discovery to try and find happiness. So he went throughout the whole world and, you know, he, he, he journeyed, you know, everywhere. And ironically, when he was in Thailand on the way back um, of going on this spiritual journey, he went to India, all these places, and really, you know, hadn't scratched the surface on how to be happy. And he was sitting in the, the monastery with a hangover, you know, been in the red light district, had a great night out, but had the downers from the, the big night out and was really depressed and just sitting there. And a monk tapped him on the shoulder. And the monk said, I've been waiting for you. And um, he had a pot of green tea and he sat down with this monk and the monk basically started teaching about Buddhism. So my mate come back and he gave away all these worldly possessions to his family and went into a monastery to become a monk. Yeah. And now he runs with one of the biggest monasteries in, in Melbourne, my mate. And it's always funny when he comes to Newcastle when he does, obviously for COVID he hasn't been able to. And I'm walking around with a bloke in a bed sheet, an orange bed sheet with a bald head. Yeah. People start looking at me, two bald blokes walking down the, the yeah. street. One bloke in a bed sheet and the other bloke, you know, probably wearing no shoes, which I normally do. Yeah. And um, he um, immersed himself into this life of, of being a uh, being a Buddhist monk. And, um, you know, the biggest lesson that he taught me was, you know, that happiness is a choice. Mm. It's what we focus on. Mm. And you've got a choice. Every single day that you wake up, I know that life is tough and life can be shit for people at times. And that's one guarantee. We're all going to go through shit in life. Mm. And life is going to be tough for all of us. Mm. And, you know, that's one thing I can guarantee you, that we're all going to die. Mm. Our loved ones are going to die. You know, stuff's going to happen. Um, but it's what we focus on. And that, that is the key. And it's a choice. Every single day you get up, you know, it's a choice of what you decide to focus on. And like you said in that quote, the most important decision you make, you make, is the decision to be in a good mood. Mm. So when you get up today, focus on what you've got. That's why I preach to everybody, please practice gratitude. Mm. Be grateful for what you've got and don't take it for granted. And remember that it's a choice. Focus on what you have rather than what you don't have. 
Because when you wake up in the morning, you can always focus on what you don't have enough of or what you don't have, rather than focus on what you bloody well do have. So what a great way to finish today. Sure is, Adam. Thanks so much for bringing us another great quote on The Health Hacker. Always a pleasure, mate. The Health Hacker, written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.